Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So today we have a topic about your boss. This is especially applicable if you have a difficult manager, a toxic boss. And we're going to learn how to outsmart toxicity. I'm going to give you your ultimate guide to surviving a difficult supervisor. So hang on, enjoy the ride. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified every time I drop a new episode. So many famous toxic managers in history have left a lasting impact on their employees. Oh, they just leave a mark. That mark doesn't go away. And they've also left a mark on the organizations they've worked for. And here are some notable examples. Number one, Steve Jobs. Yes, the famous Apple CEO who has known for doing so many wonderful things. But one thing he was not known for was being a good boss. He was known for his abrasive and aggressive management style, which could inspire and at the same time demoralize his employees. In the world of Steve Jobs, it was either awesome or it was crap. He was famously difficult to work with, often berating his employees and demanding perfection. It was binary. It was good or it was not. And while his approach drove innovation and success at Apple, it also led to high turnover rates and strained relationships with the people around him. Number two, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, the disgraced former film producer, was notorious for his bullying and aggressive behavior towards his employees. He was accused and convicted of sexual harassment and assault by many women, and his toxic management style created a culture of fear and intimidation within his company. That's number two. Number three, Elizabeth Holmes. She is the founder of the now defunct health technology company, Theranos. And she was known for her charismatic leadership style and visionary ideas. However, her toxic management style and alleged fraud resulted in the downfall of her company and criminal charges against her. Former employees had described a culture of fear and secrecy, and they were afraid to speak up about their problems or concerns. So while these toxic managers achieved varying degrees of success in their careers, their negative impact on their employees and organizations, well, it's educational. And it serves as a reminder of the importance of a healthy and respectful work environment and the negative consequences that can arise when leaders struggle with priorities. So identifying toxic managers can be challenging because they may not be openly, overtly negative behaviors. However, some common signs and red flags can help you identify a toxic manager. And guess what? I'm about to give them to you. Here are some key indicators to look out for. The first one is toxic managers often micromanage their employees. Oh, the dreaded micromanager. And it can be frustrating and lead to feeling undervalued or worse 
untrusted. Lack of communication can be a significant issue with toxic managers. This leaves employees feeling unsupported, ignored, or unsure of expectations from them. I'm going to tell you something. Most employees do not know exactly what their boss wants from them. Most supervisors and many managers struggle with just clarifying what it is they want. Toxic managers may habitually play favorites or only show positive attention to certain employees. Now, here's a fact. You're not going to like all people you work with, and you're not going to like all people who work for you. But as a leader, we have to work at not showing favoritism. And if this behavior can lead to resentment among the rest of the team and undermine group morale. Toxic managers may tend to blame others for problems or mistakes, even if they're responsible. This blame can lead to a culture of fear and scapegoating within the workplace. Someone's got to take the blame. And this creates a high degree of, well, a lack of psychological safety on the job. Toxic managers may have disrespectfully, well, they behave disrespectfully towards their employees, including making derogatory comments or talking down to them. And this activity can damage an employee's self-esteem and create a hostile work environment. Toxic managers may set unrealistic employee expectations leading to stress, burnout, and even physical health problems. Toxic managers may avoid responsibility and fail to take accountability for their actions and decisions. This behavior can create a sense of instability and unpredictability in the workplace. I know some of you are feeling this. I know some of you are going through this type of boss at this very moment. And even worse, some of these toxic managers may bully their employees, including verbal or physical abuse, intimidation, or harassment. And bullying can have a devastating impact on an employee's mental health and well-being. Are you feeling this? Some of you are experiencing these people as we're describing them right now. So how do we identify a toxic manager? And it can be quite challenging, but it's essential to recognize the signs and red flags early on to minimize the damage they cause. Keep an eye out for micromanagement. Keep an eye out for lack of communication, favoritism, blame, disrespectful behavior, unrealistic expectations, and my most of all favorite, a lack of accountability. Keep an eye out for bullying behavior. And remember, this is me speaking directly to you. You deserve to work in a safe and respectful environment. And it's okay to speak up if you feel your manager's behavior is unacceptable. So what does this result in? Well, having a toxic manager can be a complicated situation to deal with. And toxic managers can be abusive and controlling and often make people like you feel undervalued and underappreciated. And surviving under such circumstances can be challenging and have long-term effects on your physical and emotional well-being. However, I'm, I'm going to give you some strategies to help you cope with a toxic manager and minimize the damage they can cause. So if you're taking notes, you can pause this podcast, you can write this down, but here are some things you can do that will help you survive a difficult boss. Number one, 
I want you to set boundaries. Establishing clear boundaries with your toxic manager to minimize their impact on your mental health is essential. And here's an example. If your manager is prone to sending late night emails or calling outside of work hours, you may need to set boundaries around your availability outside of work. Communicate your limits clearly and respectfully and stick to them. The first thing you have to do is you have to set those boundaries. Now, they may not honor them, but you have to attempt to set those boundaries. Survival tip number two, document everything. If your toxic manager is causing you problems, it's crucial to document all their behaviors and interactions. I had a toxic manager one time who had a very convenient memory, and he remembered things his way, not necessarily the way they actually occurred. So I learned to keep a journal. I kept a journal in my desk. I made explicit notes into things that I had done and said so that I wouldn't question my own memory. Because I was likely, if he told me I never said that, I would question whether or not I ever said it or not. So keep a record of emails. Keep a record of conversations. Keep a record of incidents that happen in the workplace. Not only will this help you build a case if you need to escalate the situation, but it can also help you stay objective and avoid gaslighting. The next tip, seek support. If you have a toxic manager, I want you to seek support. Having permission when dealing with a toxic manager is vital. Talk to a trusted friend or a family member. Seek therapy or join a support group. Have someone to talk to to help you process your emotions, make you feel validated, and provide an outlet to vent your frustrations. The next tip to surviving a toxic boss is to keep your distance. One of the most effective ways to survive a toxic manager is to keep some distance between you and that person. If possible, avoid interactions that aren't necessary and minimize your contact with them. It's also important to remember that their behavior does not reflect their worth or abilities as an employee. Try not to take their words or actions personally. Instead, focus on doing your job to the best of your ability. You know, I got that from my dad. My dad taught me at an early age. Always give more value than you're being paid for, and you'll never have to worry about looking for a good job. If you are good at what you do, people will notice. People will know how valuable you are. The next tip is communicate assertively. When dealing with a toxic manager, it is essential to communicate assertively. Be clear and direct in your communication by setting boundaries and not allowing your manager to push you. Remember that you have a right to be respected, and it's okay to assert your boundaries and speak up when you feel uncomfortable or mistreated. Building a support network. Support networks can be incredibly helpful when dealing with a toxic manager. This includes coworkers with similar issues, mentors, or other professionals in your industry. Having people you can talk to about your situation can help you feel less isolated and may provide you, well, with more strategies for dealing with your manager. The next thing is I want you to take care of yourself. It's important to prioritize self-care when dealing with a toxic manager. Get enough sleep. Eat well. Exercise regularly. Engage in activities that bring you joy. Take care of yourself so you can manage stress 
and anxiety and give you the energy and resilience you need to cope with your manager's behavior. You know, I'll tell you a story. I worked in corporate America, and I was part of a management team that included five managers who all reported to the same common vice president. And this vice president, he never treated me poorly. He always treated me with respect. He always made the case that I was going to be the next person to take his place. But we had one person on the team who was a just a gem of a person. And for some reason, this vice president took it upon himself to belittle and berate and constantly make that one person feel terrible. I mean, he bullied him in meetings right in front of the rest of us. And I don't know to this day what caused him to see weakness in that one individual, what caused him to see him as a victim. And I don't know the motivation or the psychology behind his reason for treating that one employee badly, but I lost respect for the VP because of the way he treated that individual. I found myself not wanting to work for that individual or that organization because of how he treated my colleague. So when you're in a situation where you're being bullied, I think the people around you know it's going on. And I was young in my management career, and I lacked the political savvy to deal with that difficult situation. But here's what I made a commitment to myself. I would never, ever let that person treat me that way. I would make sure that I was ready to execute an exit from that organization if he ever treated me that way. And I don't know if it was because I implied those boundaries were there that he never did the same to me, or I don't know the reason why he never messed with me that way, but he never did. But that toxic manager was the reason and his inability to motivate others because of the way he treated our colleague. That was the primary reason for me deciding to leave that organization and pursue a different opportunity. As far as my career goes, I did not have the same value alignment with that leadership team. And I was not going to invest more of my career with that organization. So the byproduct of toxic leadership, toxic management is turnover. Your best people aren't going to stay in an organization where they're made to feel uncomfortable or even threatened in any way. Even if it's not pointed towards them, they will begin an exit strategy. I executed my exit strategy. I had some colleagues that stayed and were miserable for a long time. And here's the thing about those toxic managers. They eventually become discovered. They can't hide it forever. And people will start to notice that they are the problem. And if you're the toxic manager, if you're listening to this to try to figure out if you're toxic or if your people consider you to be a negative boss or a terrible boss, I want you to understand you can learn better habits. You can learn how to overcome your ineptitude when it comes to managing or leading other people. And the, the first thing that I want and I teach in my leadership training is that when you're a leader and you set foot in the parking lot every morning before you go into work, you're going on stage for those people that you're blessed enough to lead. And I'm a huge advocate of the servant leadership 
uh, model versus the traditional leadership model. The servant leadership model is based upon the upside-down pyramid, and it's based upon the idea that as leaders, we are below the people that we serve. We're there to support them and to make them the most productive possible. In my first leadership book, I actually talk about a, well, it's a lesson I learned from my late father, and I compare every step of leadership to farming. It's a servant leadership book. It's actually the book called Leadership Among Idiots at johngrubs.com that you can have for free, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. But in that book, there's a long chapter called The Pawpaw Farmer Analogy, and some lessons I learned from my dad when it came to leadership are, well, they're described in the form of a, of a, of a comparison, and I compare every step of leadership to farming. Picking the right seeds is analogous to picking the right people. Those little tender plants that come up through the soil, those are your new employees. They're not very productive. They're vulnerable. They're not, uh, they're, they're easily threatened by, you know, leaving or someone taking them away. They don't have a lot of skin in the game with your organization yet. They're, they're still babies in the world of whatever your organization is. All the way through to what happens to certain plants if we don't pick the fruit that the plant offers? What does the plant stop doing? That's right. It stops producing. And if we don't learn how to appreciate our people for the work that they do, they stop producing as well. And it's, it's ironic. There was a study of about 2,000 supervisors where they were asked how comfortable they feel giving positive feedback to their employees. Two-thirds of those supervisors said they felt uncomfortable giving positive feedback to their employees and therefore didn't like to do it, and many chose not to do it. So if you think about that, two-thirds of people, if that sample is, is anything that's significant, two-thirds of people aren't getting regular appreciation for the job they do every single day. And I teach some techniques and methodologies to help leaders understand how to do that without feeling that awkward feeling, that awkwardness that comes with giving people positive feedback. So let's sum this up a little bit. Surviving a toxic manager can be challenging, but it's not impossible. Remember, you deserve to work in a healthy and respectful environment, and other opportunities can help you thrive both personally and professionally. And when you find that your career goals and values no longer align with the company, it may be time to consider whether staying in a toxic environment no longer makes sense. So this podcast is for people crazy enough to win. I want you to go to www.johngrubs.com. That's J-O-H-N-G-R-U-B-B-S.com. If you will go to my website, about halfway down on the right side of the page, you will see a picture of my first leadership book titled Leadership Among Idiots. It's the book I mentioned earlier in this episode. If you will click on that book, you can have it for free. You can download it as a PDF file or you can download it as a Mobi file. That book sells for $20 on Amazon right now. And people might ask, John, why are you giving your book away? Why do you give it away when it's for sale on Amazon? Here's the reason I'm giving you this book. You just gave me the most precious gift one human can give another, and that's your time. And in exchange for that time, for that beautiful gift that you've given me, I'm willing to give you that book. 
download it. Let me know what you think about it. There's tons of free information on my website. You can have access to my YouTube videos. Uh, you can have access to my blog that goes out regularly. You can have a lot of information. I want it to be a place where you can find the information that you need to be better as a leader or to survive under a difficult manager or a toxic manager. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. I want you to subscribe. I want you to get my regular updates and I am accessible. If there's a topic you want me to cover, if there's a question that you have that you wanted me to dig deeper into in another episode, I will gladly customize this podcast to the listeners that I have around the world. I am so fortunate to have leaders listening all over the world and I want to include content that will bless you and strengthen you and make you better in your role as a leader. This podcast is for people who go against the grain. This podcast is for people who do things differently. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.